what was it that brought attention to this? Even if it's, again, this is not a situation that ever draws media attention because for a lot of the business leaders, CEOs that are listening to this podcast, your situations might never, ever make media attention, but it might cause some stir in your company, in your organization. But it's interesting to see how both of these stories that we're talking about in these real life situations that are happening to these, again, talented, high performing women, athletes, individuals. It's interesting where we're willing to build, to bend or shift rules when it's affecting a high performer. Leaders set trends, five employee retention secrets you never knew. Leaders, you have to recognize to decrease the number of team members departing your organization and companies. You not only have to sharpen your leadership skills, but you also have to create and usher in innovative ways for an improved culture and climate. So this book that I wrote is going to allow you to understand and identify the five specific areas you need to know to transform the workplace through improved communication, collaboration, reduce conflict, and most importantly, the things that's going to allow you to become a highly competitive brand, business, or company. So if you want to get more information, go to my page and go grab a copy now. AishaThomas.org backslash shop. Again, AishaThomas.org backslash shop. And look for the book, Leaders Set Trends, Five Employee Retention Secrets You Never Knew. Again, that's AishaThomas.org backslash shop. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And I know I've been gone for a few episodes. I have been so busy, but I'm so happy to be back. And trust me, you're going to get consistent episodes. But no worries. On today's episode, we are going to kind of take a bridge from our last episode where we've been talking about high performers. We looked at the situation um, that was occurring with Naomi Osaka. And on today's episode, we're going to look at Shakari Richardson's situation. But specifically, how do we navigate high-performing team members as leaders who break the rules? But they're high performers. They're doing what needs to be done. They're showing up. They're executing. But now they've broken a rule. How do we navigate that? Do we give them a pass because they've been executing so well? Or do we hold them responsible? So let's dive into that conversation. And as always, get your notepad, your note-taking materials, and let's get into today's message. Because I am human, I'm, I'm you. I just happen to run a little faster. Shakira Richardson became sort of a breakout star of the U.S. Olympic trials. She won the 100 meters, which is the marquee event. She runs with great style and confidence and great speed. She's the fastest woman at the track in Eugene. And it seemed like it was gonna be one of the best stories, one of the most interesting stories at the Tokyo Olympics until late when it was revealed that Shakari Richardson tested positive for marijuana at the US trials. Even though that's not considered a performance enhancing drug, it is listed as a substance of abuse under the WADA prohibited list. It's things like, it's THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana, and that's listed next to uh, MDMA, heroin, and cocaine. Those are the things that are listed in that in that area. When someone knocks on your door and you're an Olympic athlete, which happens frequently, that person is there to test you for drugs that, like steroids or performance answers. The substance of abuse, like THC and marijuana, 
even by water, they're not considered performance enhancing, but they are considered banned. And they carry a much lighter punishment than drugs that would be used to cheat or, or improve your performance. You know, that you're talking about like a four or five year ban if you're caught um, with like a steroid in your system. This is, a, this is just one month. It just happens to be the exact month that you don't want to miss if you're the best sprinter in the world. Because of timing and because of the, of the selection process for relays, that she could be a part of the women's 4x100 relay at the end of the Tokyo Olympics. That remains to be seen. USA Track and Field has not shed any light on whether they will consider her eligible or whether they will they consider picking her, but it is possible that she could still compete in the Olympics, just not at the event that so many people were hoping to, to see her. I apologize as much as I'm disappointed. I know that when I submit a track, I don't represent myself. I represent a community that has shown me great support, great love. And to y'all, I, I feel y'all. And so I apologize for the fact that I need to know how to control my emotions or deal with my emotions. So who is Shakari Richardson? So just going online and just researching some background on this just amazing athlete, because again, she is a high performer, regardless of the information that's out there. You know, born March 25th, 2000. Right now in the world, she is ranked for the 100 meters, sixth place in the world, which is huge in the world. Woman's overall ranking, number 89. And again, we hear these numbers, but again, she's ranked this in the world. Um, Highest ever world ranking position, number six for three weeks um, for the 100 meters, 200 meters, number 14 for three weeks, and women's overall ranking 81 for one week. But as we know recently, she did something amazing, right? She 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 got to a point where she was going to represent the United States in the Olympic trials, broke a record and everything. But all of that, all of that was shaken up when she um, she became positive or she took a drug test and she tested positive for marijuana, which stirred up a whole conversation about marijuana usage. But that's not what this podcast is about, because, again, the correlation with these conversations have been around organizational rules. And are they outdated? Are they outdated? Do they need some changes? Do they need out? Do they need to be revamped? And really looking at it from that perspective of, okay, there are some shifts with the generations. There are some changes in the world and perspectives, but also looking at the core of an organization, what they value, what they believe in. Should you need to change? Why should you have to change? And ultimately recognizing as a leader, as a CEO, as a department lead, you have the right to have in place the rules that you have in place. So to read a bit more about this situation, this is coming from the New York Times as of July 6, 2021. And, you know, since then, this has kind of played out. It reached Akari Richardson, the American sprinter, whose positive test of marijuana cost her a spot in the women's 100 meters at the Tokyo Olympics and ignited a debate about marijuana and sport will miss the games entirely after being left off a, off a relay team. American track officials announced on Tuesday, and again, this is as of July 6th, and then it was updated um, July 11th, 2021. Richardson, who admitted she used marijuana and said she had done so to cope with the death of her biological mother and the pressure to perform at the U.S. Track and Field Olympics, 
could have been selected for the women's four by 100 meter relay race, an event the U.S. women are favored to win and her last option for competing in the games. And we know the Olympics only come X amount of years, right? So, you know, she will have to wait a while before she would compete or, excuse me, try out for the Olympics again. Richard who Richardson, excuse me, who was 21, the fastest American woman, was suspended for 30 days for the drug violation and her victory in the 100 meters at the trials was invalidated. To make the U.S. team in a track and field event, an athlete must finish in the top three in the trials, meet, and have met the Olympic standard. However, track officials are able to pick at least two athletes for the relay regardless of their performance at the trials. Because the Olympic relay is scheduled to take place after Richardson's suspension ends, she could have been named on the team. So essentially, you know, she won't be cho- chosen to participate. And it's based off of this rule that is in place. She was suspended from that. I mean, this is just the rule that is in place. So this is another um, situation that has caused, again, a big stir and a conversation that has pretty much dominated media. The world is having a conversation about this rule. And again, you know, take solely your views on this specific, you know, um, area of, you know, marijuana usage or whatever it is. I want you to look at it as a leader, a CEO, and your high performer has executed, remained consistent, and of course, those who have worked specifically with Shakari behind the scenes, her coaches, her trainers, they know all the ins and outs of this young, talented woman. They know that. They know probably a lot more than we do. And as, as us as leaders, we have a little bit more insight with those we work with on a daily basis that other people do. You know, you probably know more of the heart of the person you know, if they have done more uh, negative things and positive things, because again, you know, in this situations with Naomi, like we talked about last week and with Shakari, you know, you're getting this snapshot of this person based off of this one scenario, but you truly have family members, loved ones, coaches and trainers, people and friends and other teammates that are around this person on a regular basis that have a little bit more insight on this person on a regular basis. And then this situation happens and she does an amazing thing and is going from what we see initially, she's going to represent the United States. It's all over, it's plastered all over media. And then this happens and just shakes up everything. And then again, it it, it starts the dialogue where there are people that are truly saying, you know what, let her run. And then there are other people on the other side that's like, you know what? Hey, she broke a rule. It is what it is. And then there's other people who are saying that, hey, I don't want to watch the Olympics anymore because this is a crazy rule. You guys shouldn't have this in place. And then you have other individuals who have made it, who didn't test positive or who didn't break any rules from what we know, right? Who are saying that, hey, We did what we were supposed to do. So still watch, like, don't make us, like, don't not support us because of this one situation. And everybody has a right to their opinion. 
But again, I want us to solely dial in as leaders and I want us to look at the different perspectives in all this. Because again, I had this great conversation with um, a good friend of mine, um, Roy Hall. He has a great podcast out there. um, So make sure you guys go check that out. And the reason why I reached out to him, because he's a professional player. And um, I wanted to hear from, because, you know, pro athlete, NFL. And I'm like, hey, give me the the experience from that perspective. Like, how does it work from that perspective of um, a pro athlete? Like, wh- how does it work there? Like, do you guys know when you're being drug tested? Is this something that you guys are kind of like, just ahead, know ahead of time? And he was like, yeah, you know, just let me know that this is something that they get tested ahead of time. And, you know, he's seen in cases where, you know, people will take the test and they'll still come up positive, even if they um, are prepared and they know what's going to happen. Um, that it's going to happen. And again, because of that rule in place by that organization, right, the National Football League and, you know, whatever governing rules that are, um, again, that governs how they're going to function, the person is fine or they're missing a game and so on. So this is something, again, that's in the culture of a lot of sports organizations. As a military member, there is a standard as well with drug use or any other rule. I once processed administrative discharges and I have processed a few discharge of members who have taken a drug that was on the list of of things that individuals weren't supposed to take and they got discharged for it. And again, regardless of what side you're on, I want us to really look at it and have the conversation of it's interesting. Like for me, what stood out to me is interesting how we start to really have these conversations when a, of course it, it gets media attention, but then I looked at like, why did it get media attention? What was it that brought attention to this? Even if it's, again, this is not a situation that ever draws media attention because for a lot of the business leaders, CEOs that are listening to this podcast, your situations might never, ever make media attention, but it might cause some stir in your company, in your organization. But it's interesting to see how both of these stories that we're talking about in these real life situations that are happening to these, again, talented, high-performing women, athletes, individuals. It's interesting where we're willing to build, to bend or shift rules when it's affecting a high-performer. Again, it's interesting how we're willing to take another look and maybe shift our rules that we have in place when it's affecting a high performer. And the reason why I bring that up, because it was fascinating to see that. And again, I'm not saying like one side or the other, that that is really not (laughs) the goal of this messaging. But again, it's just something that I want us to ponder on. Because these rules have been in place for some time across the board in a multitude of organizations. Again, military, there's a lot of other companies that utilize in marijuana or, or breaking certain rules. It's something they're, they're, they stand by. There might be some other rules that might be considered outdated. But why is it, are we only going to look at it when it affects a high performer. Why is that? Or why are we more likely because, hey, there might have been somebody that was a high performer that got a pass because 
they were a high performer. So in the situation with Shakari, she didn't get a pass. She was held responsible. But there have been other situations, right, and other rules that individuals have broken. It might not have been specifically connected to um, marijuana usage or any type of drug use, but there are other things that individuals might have done in other organizations and companies that they were not held responsible for because they were a high performer. So I want us as leaders to really look at, are we truly treating everybody with like this, this level of uh, uh, having, uh, having like an equal view of everyone. And also asking ourselves, is that really true? I mean, yes, it might be pretty difficult. Ah, You have a high performer and you're like, man, they are the person I know are a go-to. And yes, that is the person that deserves the awards. There's, that's the person that you're going to speak highly of. That is the person that you know if maybe you might not question as much because you know that they're producing at a high level. We we know that, right? There's just some just some basic things that they don't have to necessarily navigate. We know that already. Point blank period. We know that. But I really want us want us to consider the point of like both of those sides. Why are we on why are we only willing to look at rules, organizational rules, and make shifts when it affects a high performer? are we? How come we're not willing to look at it throughout the year, every six months, every four or five months, annually, as we're growing and developing, as we're learning and evolving, as we're becoming more innovative? Or are we only looking at it when things hit the fan and something major happens and maybe it does get on the news and maybe it does. Now it's like, oh, maybe it's time for us to change the law, the law of the land. <laughs> now it's time to change these organizational rules. Why are we making these reviews and creating a process where we're doing, hey, an outdated rule and regulation review annually every six months to see, okay, what rules and regulations do they really make sense? Do we need to create like a panel of different generations Right. People from different generations, different um, tiers of leadership, different, um, you know, uh, employee levels, employee types and have them really look at these organizational rules and give us feedback on if it makes sense or not. Wouldn't that be amazing if we created a process like that? But it seems like and again, there might be companies that are already doing this. But it's just in having this dialogue and this conversation, I was just like, man, that's interesting that. We've had these two situations and it just happened to be these high performers. And now it's like, hmm, should we make some shifts? Should we make some changes? Because, you know, again, it's a great thing when you are actually deciding to take a look and seeing if that how you have how your organization is functioning and is it in the rules and the policies you have in place if they need to be revamped. That is a great thing, but it shouldn't take that. Even if we're looking in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion, even if we're looking at all the things that happened within the past few years on COVID, where we're seeing social injustice, and it even trickled into workspaces, and people started to look at the shape of workspaces, and was there enough inclusion and equity, and if there wasn't enough people at the, um, at the C-suite, why are we just looking at that when things hit the fan? And the reality is, yes, maybe, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it is what it is. 
maybe things do have to kind of shake things up for us to realize that we do have blind spots within our organizations, within our teams. However, I think that there has been enough things that, and again, this is just my perspective, there has been enough things that have, that have occurred in the world, in organizations for us to just start realizing that, hey, leader, hey, we need to start creating a process where we just start to look at how our departments run, how we do, how we create the structure and the mapping of things to determine if we need to make some changes and shifts in how we manage these spaces. And by doing that, you can get ahead of the problem before they happen. And that's why communication is so important. That's why it's so important to stay engaged with what's going on with your teams, because if you're staying plugged in, you might be able to catch these things before it does blow up. I had, again, I've been saying how busy I am. That's why I've kind of fell off on the podcast. So again, forgive me for that, right? I've been doing so many different trainings and the trainings have been really focused in on how can we create, one of them was DE&I based, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion, and ensuring that we create a culture that is ensuring that we're like embedding this 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 type of culture of are we maintaining not just diversity, right? Mimicking what the world looks like ensuring that there's a level of inclusivity. We're including and we're, we're ensuring that everybody's voice is heard, regardless of their background, sexual orientations, all that good stuff, right? And then also we are providing a level of equity. Everyone has equal resources and, and opportunity to get to the different tiers that they aim to get to. But we're also making sure that we are creating systems and processes to catch issues upfront if we can. Because again, no company is perfect. No leader is perfect. There might be things that we do overlook. But if we if we start to create a process of, okay, let me make sure I am checking with my team each week. One of, so a lot of these trainings that I like to do are always interactive. So one of the breakout sessions, a great, a great participant, right? And all of them were great, but she talked about how during COVID she had to embed a practice call like coffee chats. And this was something that she's like, listen, I had to incorporate this to make sure that although I'm not seeing you face to face, I'm making sure that we're having a conversation at least weekly so we can just connect and talk. And by doing this, it's just created like that dialogue and the check-ins and just seeing and keeping the pulse on things. So Weeks didn't go by and we didn't maintain a relationship, a professional relationship. And now, you know, I, I haven't maintained a level of connectivity with you. And this is with everyone. And then when that per, that team member that might not necessarily be, quote unquote, that high performer, hey, they're executing, but you might have that one standout. But does everybody's voice in their their perspective matter, and they should. And if you do have a team member that might not be functioning at a high level, you want to ask why. And again, we also need to determine what high level is, because if somebody is showing up and they are executing and they're hitting all the targets, is something wrong with that? And if there is somebody that's going above and beyond, that is awesome. But if you do have somebody that is going like below all of those, then we do have to ask, okay, let's make sure that we're giving them enough resources. Is it something that they need personal development or business, not business development, excuse me, but they need professional development with? What do they need so we can help navigate that? Because maybe it's something we don't realize that we need to do internally to remedy that. 
and then work through that process so we can at least get them to the point where they're executing at least on their target goals. And then again, that high level, someone go, going above and beyond, you might ha- not have too many of those people. But the the high performer's voice shouldn't be the one that's like, hey, the high performer's talking, now let's execute. And that's why that conversation around, surrounded around the situation with Shakari Richardson just resonated so much. And even the one with Naomi resonated so much because it's like, of course, they have the backing, the following, the support. They have all these things behind them that's kind of pushing, like even Naomi, I'm watching her series on Netflix right now that I definitely want to come back and talk about as well, because I think there's so many great leadership lessons that they have. And again, what she's talking about is very important. And I'm glad it's bringing media attention. But again, there's so many other people that might have brought this up that might not be getting as much media attention that might be like, man, I, I wish someone had this conversation three years ago. But it's okay. I mean, at least the conversation is happening now. And at least these conversations are happening because, again, regardless, again, regardless of what side you are on, on this topic, there are, it is important that organizations, leaders, teams, departments, those that have the potential to shift rules and make adjustments in rules and regulations, we should be reviewing these on a regular basis because there are some things that are outdated. Or there are some things that need to need to be um, revamped, updated, because things have changed in the world. But again, I want to reiterate the fact that as an organization, as a company, as a business, a CEO, a team, that the whoever has that power, right, that decision making power influence, right, to make the determination um, of how they want their organization to run, they have the decision to do that. And that's just the reality of it. And that's just something that we have to realize they have the, the, they just have the influence to do. And essentially, if they have rules and regulations, and they determine this is how things need to be done, they have the right to do that. And I'm a believer in, hey, however you want your business to run, the values you have, you can set it up based off of that. But you also don't have to participate in that. And that's why it's even important for leaders who decide to go into companies, organizations, and we're those supporting them, that we are taking time to understand, okay, are the values aligned if that's something important to you? And we're seeing that that is the new trend. That is something that's important. Work isn't just pl- going in and just ensuring that we bring a check home. It is really a level of alignment that people are looking now when they go and work for these companies. They're looking for what they're standing for. They're looking to see if they're giving back to the community. They're looking to see if they how they feel about DE&I. They're looking for, hey, are they creating processes to ensure that me as a Black woman or someone that is um, uh, has a different type of sexual preference or identity or someone that is disabled or someone that is, you know, um, you know, from a different background that they have an opportunity to get to a certain level. They're looking for that now. And they have the right to. And they're making that decision. If this is a company that I want to work for, they have a right to do so. So because of that, companies have decided to make some shifts. They've been, they've added rules. They've revamped some rules. They've made changes. 
But again, what can we make sure that we're doing to stay ahead of this versus being more reactive is about being proactive. And if we continue to just react, then we're, we're again, way too late in that situation. So if we can learn anything, and as these things continue to evolve and we have these conversations, what can we do to be more proactive in how we navigate if our organizational roles are outdated? Have you done a review? When can you set that up? to do that? Is it an annual thing? And I think it might be great. Hey, I implement something or how far back do you want to go? Is this an annual review? And then when you implement, remove, roll that out, update people. But it is a great time for us to do that. Make sure that we're looking and ensuring that we are paying attention to the rules and the regulations that we have. Because yes, although our high performers are the ones that we so admire, we appreciate because they are taking the things that they're doing to the next level. They're bringing attention to our companies. They're bringing endorsement deals or they're just aiding in us getting us getting to the next level. The voices of all your team members matter. From those that might be doing what you might consider the basic average things, but they're still adding to the mission and vision. Their work just their work matters just as much. They're working hand to hand with that high performer. They're adding to what is making that company great, even if they might be clocking at a 10 and another person's clocking at a 12 or a 15. And if you have somebody, again, that is not even, again, meeting that, it's about looking and identifying why that's happening and what we can do to support them. So ask yourself, leaders, CEO, C-suite, have you done a review of your company rules? Are they outdated? Don't wait until a high performer has an issue with it before you take action. And again, if you decide that's how you're going to function and move forward, it's okay. Everyone has a choice of who they want to align themselves with in regards to if they want to work with them, work there or not. We as leaders have a choice to say if we want to continue to work at a place or not, if their rules or values don't align with what you want to do. That is okay. If they, if these governing rules don't change, whoever has the power or the influence to make those changes, hey, that's, I mean, that's, that's their choice. But again, you don't have the right to participate in it. You know, that's just the reality of it. But then on the other side, don't find yourself in a situation where you are giving other people passes and other people aren't getting passes. No one should get a pass. It's about bringing that level of equalness. It's about finding a way to make sure that we are ensuring that everyone knows that's on that team, a part of that organization. They know that they add value. So review those organizational rules and ensure that you're doing your part to ask yourself and do the action steps to create a system and a process. If it's annual, every you know, semi-annual, 
where you're reviewing to see if your organizational rules are outdated. So I thank you guys for tuning in today. I will be back next week. All right. So I'll make sure I, I, I'm, I'm good now. I've gotten all those things taken care of. No. So no worries. You know, Aisha's here to stay. I'm with you all. <laughs> I'm with you all. Um, but as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you know anyone that will benefit from this message, please make sure that you take time and share this message with them. Listen to last week's episode too. So you can align those two if you didn't listen to last week's episode. Um, and as always, if you have a message or um, you want to hey, talk about this. I want to hear your perspective. Or if you want to get some insight about something, shoot me an email, info at AishaThomas.org. Or you can follow me on social media, shoot me a DM. I am at Miss Aisha Thomas on all platforms with the exception of YouTube. Um, I had an old name, <laughs> but I'm at the Miss Isha. So that's T-H-E-M-S-E-E-S-H-A on YouTube. But besides that, you know, you can hit me up on AishaThomas.org. It has all those links on there and um, contact me there. And of course, if you are an organization, a team that wants that development, if it's related to um, organizational development leadership, all of the different um, training options are there. So please reach out to me, set up a consultation or email me, and we can definitely discuss me coming in and supporting um, those areas. So you guys have a great week. Ponder on that. Create that system and process that's going to help take your organization to the next level. All right. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, that does. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me here because that's, that's good. So. I feel it was accurate. Like, what, what's your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have a period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today.